0: Salvation Army, Operation Backpack, or uh, God's Kitchen on Monday nights? Can you stand up? You got to actually stand up. Sorry, Carol. I see your face. Yeah. So there's a bunch. There's a bunch of others that I counted this week um, that aren't here this morning. So there's a bunch of you. We're going to, you can have a seat. Thank you. Um, we're going to talk this morning about what God's doing in our region, and uh, just look at this verse for with me for a second this is a this is ephesians 3:10 it says that through the church the manifold wisdom of god might now be made known to the rulers and authorities the powers in the heavenly places anybody here a mechanic anybody mechanically inclined what's a manifold It's part of the engine, thank you. It's actually a part of the engine where multiple things come together and they do something unique. They work together to accomplish something. It's a place where multiple streams of stuff comes into one place. And God says about the church, the manifold wisdom of God is known through the church in front of rulers and authorities, the powers and the heavenly places. That means that when we get a lot of stuff flowing into this one thing called the church we get something of god that isn't visible otherwise when i was a kid i was about 16 years of age and i was ready to give up on the faith and the reason why i was so ready to give up on the faith my dad's a baptist minister some of you have met him you know so i went to church whether i liked it or not and mostly not and i went anyway you know what i'm saying True, true confession, I never had a curfew except for on Saturday nights. My, I fell asleep during my dad's sermon when I was about 16, and he said I had to be home at midnight on Saturday nights just so I didn't sleep through the sermons. And I still did, and even through college, if you said amen, even in the middle of the night, I would wake up. Just because at the end of the sermon when my dad would pray, he would say, in Jesus' name, amen, and I would lift my head up and I would act like I was awake for the whole thing. That was my high school experience. For those of you who are raising high schoolers, you can take some comfort from that or feel bad depending on how you feel about the whole thing. But when I look at my student era of my life, when I look back on that, I realize how quick or how closely I came to just kind of giving up the whole thing. And one of the reasons why is because I could not see God in our church. Now, it wasn't that he wasn't there. It's just that I was missing him. And one of the ways God started to work on me is through some books I was reading and through some experiences that showed me that God was— actually at work outside of our church. When I was a, a kid, we went to a church, and my dad was kind of a church-planting pastor, where if you lopped off this church, just right about here at this brick, right, right, right here, and just put a roof over the whole thing, that was our church, okay? Because this church had had this brilliant idea they were going to plant a church in this, in this uh, town, and uh, they got the basement built, and they got these girders on the whole thing, and then they were like, we're waiting for the money for the rest of it, and the money never came. And so we actually had this basement of a church and it was built into the side of a hill and it was literally underground. And they never got the upper now in my in my Uh, early years, we actually got the building built, but early on, we had moss growing on our walls, literally, like green moss, you know, like you'd see in a forest, and I'm pretty sure there was some mold in there, and there's some nastiness, you know, and feeling God in this church was tough, and it got to the point where we felt pretty energized about everything, and people started coming to the church, and when I got there, there was about 20 people in this little church plant, but it got to the point where we realized that God was at work in our midst, but then it just turned into everybody being invited in here and meeting Christ in here. And we never translated that beyond the boundaries of the church. And as a kid, I remember thinking, well, if this is all there is, for this person to start coming to this church and start to like it and give to it, and then we build a building, and then it doesn't flow anywhere, well, then I don't know that I want to be involved in church at all. And at 16, I really made up my mind. My mom and I had a conversation about this, and I just informed her that I didn't want to go to their church anymore, and she informed me that wasn't an option, and that, you know, I was going to church whether... As I said, I liked it or not. This verse eventually saved me, believe it or not. And it saved me through a whole bunch of other writers who reflected it. And that's that the church exists not to be just a bunch of people who get together and feel good about being in church. It doesn't exist just so you come to Christ and sit in here. It doesn't actually exist uh, because the church is something God wanted so much. It's actually because it's a conduit through which his grace flows, right? we actually get connected to him up so we can be transformed in so that God's grace can flow through us out. And when the word manifold wisdom is used, it's it's all about the different gifts and all of the unique places in the kingdom of God where God is moving, flowing through The church and the church is not Parker Ford Church and it wasn't the little church in the basement that I grew up in It was churches all over the place that come together and work together to accomplish the purposes of God And once I started to catch a vision for this, I thought wow the church is really something Because that means the church is existing not just in buildings this morning It's existing in between buildings In fact, wherever the Spirit of God is working and a uniquely gifted person, which is anybody who knows Jesus and he's accomplishing his purposes inside or outside of what I thought of as church growing up, it's actually the church, and that's actually God's revelation process. He's actually revealing, revealing himself through the church. That means that we're kind of, I know we believe the scriptures reveal God, right? They reveal his character, they reveal his will, they reveal all sorts of things. But as the scriptures take authority in our life and we actually get within them and say, yes, Lord God, to this thing, then God's grace is pouring through us so that we reveal who he is. And we don't do this very well in isolation. We actually need other people. One of the things that's kind of a unique thing about our, our era is that churches are coming together in some really interesting ways. One of my first... Um, One of my first moments with this was I had a a men's group, at 6 a.m. that met in Grand Haven, Michigan. And we would always meet in this, and and I would fry eggs and bacon and do all this stuff. And these guys would get together, we would pray every Thursday morning. And uh, 6 a.m., you know, that's pretty early. And by 7, we were done. We still do this here in the Potsdam region. We do it at at the prayer room in Operation Backpack. Every Thursday morning, guys get together and pray. But we started that, I I started that in my last community at 6 a.m. And I was getting together, my neighbor came across the street. Now, my neighbor had this bathtub in his front yard. And there was a woman in that bathtub. Do you know what I mean? It was Mary. And he was a Roman Catholic. I'm picking on this, and you can laugh with me if you will. That means I, I looked at that little bathtub and I, I said, Well, that person is different than me, and I never crossed the street. And I started this prayer group and one day my neighbor, Mike, his name's Mike Burdick, wonderful guy, came across the street and he said, Hey, who are those guys who come in your house every Thursday morning at six A.M. And I said, Well, that's my that's my prayer group. I didn't want to tell him, you know. I was like, he's going to feel weird about it. I said, this is my prayer group. And he said, oh, well, that's awesome. Can I have their names? And I said, well, why would you want these guys' names? I didn't feel like giving them out. And he said, well, because my prayer room has a window on the front end of my house. And I look across, it was Columbus Street at the time, and I can see those guys going in your house. And the Lord has told me that I should be praying for you guys. And I'd like to pray for them by name. And I was judging him because I grew up Baptist in a town town with lots of Catholics in it. And the two of those two people never got together. And here he was, a brother in Christ, phenomenal follower of Jesus. And he turned out to be a great friend to us. And he was praying for the guys in my prayer group. And we were too arrogant to know that. God kind of judged me as I was judging him. You know what I'm saying? And I think his God judging me at that moment probably looked like a smile. Maybe a little wink. You know those emoji cons, that little yellow face where you kind of wink? I think that's what God was doing. So this morning, we want to focus on what God is doing throughout our region. And the way we thought about doing that is inviting three different people from our region who are involved in ministry in those three ministries I mentioned earlier and asking them to come and talk about what they see God doing in our region and how God's at work and how the manifold wisdom of God is being revealed through the ministry of the church and that doesn't mean a local church that means the church these three people all go to local churches but they actually are involved in inner church ministry I'll call that this is the ministry in between churches partnerships that are really important for our region and strategically placed that bless the world around us but they're If they're ministering in Christ, then they're definitely revealing who Christ is, right? And I want you to watch this morning as they share with us about how God is being revealed through them as people and through their ministries as well. So I'm going to invite Wendy Eagolf, who's here from the Salvation Army, if you can come up, and I'm going to hand you a microphone, Wendy. Ooh, you know what? Our microphone disappeared. The one that you use, here it is. And Lisa Heverly from Operation Backpack is here to share with us. And then in the first service, we had Mary Cutillo from The Soup Kitchen, It's on, so be careful. Um, We had Mary Cutillo from the Soup Kitchen in uh, God's Kitchen on Monday nights, and she couldn't be here for second service, and she suggested that Jerry Lovett come and share with us. Jerry actually attends Parker Ford Church and is a member here. So Jerry's going to come and share with us, and um, she didn't get to do this in first service, so this is your first go-round with us, right? right? Yeah you a little bit scared, Jerry? Is that all right? Yeah? All right. <laughs> so I'm going to invite these three ladies to share with us about what God's doing in their ministries. Now again, Wendy Golf attends Coventry Church of the Brethren but works at the Salvation Army Shelter in Pottstown. Lisa Heverly attends the Journey Church and she is the director of Operation Backpack in Pottstown. And Jerry Lovett, what do you do for a living? How do you describe it? You're a technical analyst, that's right, but you actually serve and lead in some interesting ways at God's Kitchen on Monday nights where many people at Parker Ford volunteer. So we're going to hear from them. I'm going to start with Wendy just asking you to share what your ministry does, okay? Could you share with us a little bit about the Salvation Army Shelter?
1: Sure. Um, At the Family Residence Shelter, we serve families with children under the age of 18, Um, who have children with them that family can uh, be any form it could be a mom and children a dad and children mom dad and children mom dad grandparents and children whatever the family looks like in the community that's who we serve and we work with them um, to meet their immediate need of homelessness Uh, that is the one qualifier you have to be a family and you have to be in a situation of homelessness So in order to do that, our first goal is to work towards finding housing as quickly as possible. And then we have a case manager who meets with um, each family to figure out what their specific needs are and how they can be met. And so a goal plan is formulated, and then they work together um, each week and meet together as many times as they need to during the week uh, to carry through that plan and to find a home for that family.
0: Thank you. And just a word about Wendy. The the Salvation Army shelter is the only year-round shelter in Pottstown, and I think it's the only one that takes in families, meaning there's a lot of children that go through the Salvation Army shelter, and that's a huge need. There's about, according to estimates, between 70 and 80 homeless people at a given time in Pottstown, right? That's a pretty good estimate. So the other thing is she and Mark, her husband, have been involved in Pottstown ministry in other capacities and in this one for years um, he mark was on the board at the cluster of religious communities and is he's a contractor so he oversaw their remodeling project of that property that's on uh, franklin street there franklin and king so wendy when she talks about the salvation army is talking about one part of her life but you could talk about a bunch of other things that god has done through the e Golfs over the years and they've been real faithful working in the city of potstown so thank you wendy And Lisa, can you share with us about Operation Backpack?
2: Sure. Good morning. Uh, Operation Backpack is a weekend food program for students in the Potts Town and Potts Grove School District. Uh, We pack into a backpack enough food for dinner Friday night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner Saturday and Sunday. Um, And then we work with volunteers that deliver the food. They pack the food on Wednesday evenings. And then they also pick up the empty backpacks at the schools on Tuesdays. Um, We are actually expanding into the Springford School District at the start of the next school year. So I think it's the 2015 school year. Um, so if you would love to volunteer, we'd love to have you. And we also do a summer program called Summer Style, and we go into different areas in the community. Bright Hope, Rolling Hills, and they'll we'll also be at the Ricketts Center uh, every Thursday evening from July 2nd through August 6th. Uh, and we are looking for volunteers for that also. I know Nick Krauss is going to be one of our uh, site leaders at Bright Hope. So it's going to be a great time. It's a great um, avenue for volunteers to really get involved and, and be in the community. So if you would like to, you know, volunteer, please let me know.
0: And, Jerry, tell us about God's Kitchen.
3: Um, I've, been, I've been in God's Kitchen about 18 months, but Mary started it um, four years ago. So she has a little more history. And uh, I asked her to write, tell me what she had to say about it. Um, Apparently, they start. They serve about 50 to 100 homeless people throughout the year. Throughout the um, the years, and um, they have a bus that goes through Pottstown and picks up people at the library or wherever. So that that's always exciting. My my take on that is, I get there around quarter five, and usually Carol's there already for me. And um, my role there is to do the clothes ministry. they there work they're in conjunction with the Building of Hope, mm. and um, so what I do is collect clothes and shoes throughout the week and then we bring it um we have that there so when the people get off the bus or some people will just show up from some people walk some people have cars Uh, they're not necessarily all homeless but some are just really poor and they just need need a little help Mm -hmm. so they'll come in and they'll if they need some clothes or something they'll stop and get it from me and then they'll sit down and uh, be fed and it's really been a blessing we've always had you know plenty of food and it just started out really as a potluck Mm-hmm. And now uh, the Hill School has started donating food, um, and Chick-fil-A just recently said they'll donate chicken. So it's, it's amazing just how things keep happening.
0: And this kind of started, it's, it's interesting, when we were looking for who to have in from God's Kitchen, we were asking who the director <laughs> was, and... People are like, uh, no, we're, we're we, not nobody's sure. Nobody's really in charge. There's <laughs> no paid staff. This yeah. is completely inner church, meaning it's, it's I think it's a, a lot of people from Hope Community, Parker Ford, and Chestmont Church of Christ right. playing. But it was the vision of one guy um, who was here last year, Jonathan Cutillo, John, yeah. who heard a testimony of another guy. The Coventry Christian School up there started when a, a research chemist decided his kids needed a preschool. And he started a, pres- a Christian preschool, and he just started it launched it and said okay we'll see how this goes today that's coventry christian school and it's a great wonderful school so he was sharing with jonathan how he started and jonathan said well what should i do like that i should just like start a feeding night and see if potstown people need food and it grew into 50 to 100 people per week it's actually 50 to 100 people per week and um i'll just tell one story yeah it
3: started at Cutilla's restaurant yep and it, are you going to talk about that?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. Because I didn't know, things.
3: I wasn't involved at all at that point, but that's kind of when it got started. And you, you take it from there. Yeah, and people were more. just bringing food.
0: I mean, honestly, like, it was like a church potluck for other people. And some weeks there was just barely enough food for everybody to have what they needed. And, but there was never too little. In the last four years, they've had enough food every night. And it, it's pretty unplanned. Sometimes our community garden has even played into that. There's some interesting things there. So, um, it's really neat to see a ministry that just got started with a bunch of people saying a need and just launching into it and then going, okay, we're not sure where this is going. It's called God's Kitchen because nobody runs it, right? I mean, right. that's... Mary's kind of the glue that...
3: Yeah, she said she didn't want to be, but, I mean, we needed somebody to kind of be the yeah,
0: yeah. focus.
3: But she's very, like, you know, wants everybody to ch- pitch in. Okay. And the reason they do is, like, in Pottstown, apparently, there's kitchens every night of the week except Monday. Hmm. So they have places they can eat during the week except for Monday nights. Hmm. So that was what, that's why they started Monday night.
0: And on the order of God revealing himself, last week, Wednesday, I was on High Street praying for some people, and I ran across this guy named Joe, and I said, Joe, how can we pray for you? And he said, well, I go to church, I don't need any of that. And I said, okay, fair enough, no problem. And I said, where do you go to church? Because I know most of the local churches. And he said, well, I don't know what church it is, but you go up High Street to Pleasant View, and you take a left. And I said, do you go to church on Monday nights? Uh-huh. Yep, I do. And do they feed you? Yes, they feed me. And uh, I said, do you know who your pastor is? Nope, I have no idea. <laughs> Does a guy named Tim Deering preach there? Yeah, he's really good. That's what he said, right? I, on I know screen. who you're talking yeah.
3: about. Now, he's a real blessing because I, I got to know him last year and... Um, he was a guest. He just came and ate, and now he's, he's
0: like and a volunteer. And now he's volunteering, yeah. He's, he really and is. And that's what he said. He was yeah. really excited and really proud about this while having some difficulties as he was communicating, but it was really cool um, mm-hmm. to see how God turned that around. So God revealed himself through the, the God's kitchen to this guy named Joe. All right. So I'm going to ask these three people a question, and we're going to. The rest of this time is going to be based on three questions, and it's just discussion format. So I'm not asking Jerry or Lisa or Wendy specifically. But um, first off, what have you seen God do in the last year or years? That's just a a sign that God is at work. Something that says this is what God is doing, and we can see His handiwork. Anything you can just share with us? It it can be a story or just an observation or whatever it is.
2: Um, I guess I can start. I think for me, living in Pottstown for the last thirteen years, there's just been some up and downs and um just praying for the community and joining with others that have been praying for the community over the years. Um I would say in the last in my mind, the last four months specifically, I've seen some amazing things that God has done. Um but I think it really started about two years ago. Um and actually it was when I first met Josh, uh Pastor Josh, and um really came into the community with Parkerford Church um, and just found out the heart and the passion behind Parker Ford is to pray and to, to love Pottstown. Um, in February, right behind our office, our office is right on the corner of King and Evans Street, 345 King Street. There was an evening that we pack on Wednesday nights, and um, we had a bunch of students from the Hill School there, and they come the second Wednesday of the month, and all of a sudden, it was about 7 o'clock, we just heard these shots. It was like, pop, 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 pop. And in, inside of me, there was concern, but there was also confusion, and I kind of tried to rationalize that it was just fireworks. Some kid was in the alleyway just shooting off fireworks, and came to the conclusion very quickly that that's not what it was. Um, there, I think in total, it was like 14 shots that went off between the two people that were shooting at each other. And so in that moment, I went to our back door, and I opened the door. Some people would say that was stupid, but I'm the kind of person that just kind of goes with what's happening. <laughs> um, and I look out the back door, and I see this kid just run out of the alleyway and head up North, Av- um, North Evans Street. And I realized then that, wow, this is scary, um, and over the years the last year and a half, there has been shootings and just disarray there's been lots of things that have happened in town and um, but in that moment, I realized that God needs to intervene. There are people and young kids that are being caught up in this and they are being hurt. Um, I went to a prayer meeting that next morning with Netzer, and um I just realized that there are so many more people praying for Pottstown and for the kids um, and then, about two weeks ago, uh, the police have um, been doing some just picking up different people for uh, warrants and stuff, but they did a big raid throughout Pottstown, so there was one next door to us at our house. Um, my daughter and I were getting ready to leave for school, and the police had surrounded our neighbor 's home and we were like, oh, I guess not leaving now. <laughs> um, kind of peeked out the windows and watched. And then I drove into town to head towards work. And th- every street that I went to, the police were there. Um, and I was like, wow. And then we had this big prayer night um, at uh, Sunnybrook Ballroom, Room. And then Wednesday came. And I read in the paper Wednesday morning that they had arrested 34 people that were involved in the two gangs that were shooting and killing each other in Pottstown. That shows you that God is faithful and he has hope for our city and for the people that live there. Mm -hmm. And how awesome for us to be able to see that and hear. Um, I'm excited for what this year has to hold um, and to see more and more what God is gonna do in our city.
0: Thanks, Lisa.
1: I would say that um, a little bit further back, I've just seen a a very positive progression. Um, At Salvation Army, we're facing really difficult issues, Um, serious issues. People have been in extreme trauma throughout different situations. And those situations were and are so difficult to deal with. But I found a point where things were just starting to run a little smoother. Not that the situations were changing. Some of them were getting more difficult. But I knew that people were specifically praying for Pottstown and for Salvation Army. And then later, I had confirmation. And in fact, one of those um, confirmations were um, Pastor Josh and people from your church praying. And they were praying at specific times when we needed that prayer. Um, another answer to prayer um, is that one day Isabel Rose Warren, who's from Coventry, for those of you who know her, um, was volunteering with us, and Isabel and I were closing up, and I needed to get somewhere. I I was very urgent about wanting to be out, out of there for something, but somebody came walking up the steps, and it happened to be Elsie, and At that moment, I just knew that I could not shut her out, and we had conversation, and through that conversation, um, we've had Elsie come to join us, and Elsie literally is the glue that that holds us all together at Salvation Army. Um, She just is amazing how she orchestrates things. But through these recent years, I see um, different organizations, different churches, Coming together in unusual ways, not likely partnerships, and it's just amazing to see that our our churches in the area are taking responsibility along with social social service agencies to help families and people um, meet needs. And Parker Ford has done a wonderful job with that. You you come and you help us faithfully in the soup kitchen. You've mentored some. Um, people who have come through our shelter, and we're most grateful. So God is clearly working. Um, He really wants to um, indwell in Pottstown and indwell in the people's lives there.
3: Well, I guess that partly what you said about the uh, churches all getting together, um, being God's kitchen, it's like a multi-denominational. There's churches, I mean, there are volunteers from all over the place. You know, maybe mostly the three churches, but... They're from all over, and we—I had this man come in. We have new faces every week, and this guy came in. He's like real. Well, some of them are kind of scary looking. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just like, hey, it's, I'm, I'm here because God wants me here, so I'm never afraid. I'm never worried. I just—I'll hug anybody. I, I'm fine with it. And this guy said, "Well, what church is this, though? What church is this?" And I said, "Well, it's a bunch of churches. It's just God's church. He's here." And, and he said, "Well, what's the name of the church? Who's the pastor?" And I'm like. I didn't even know how to answer him. I said, well, you know, there is a Coventry Christian Church here. It's the United Church of Christ. It's upstairs on Sundays. Is that what you're looking for? He goes, but what's this church? <laughs> and it was really interesting. As I you know, now that you brought that up, I never really thought of us as a mm-hmm. church, but it's just, God, it's just where God is on Monday night,
0: and that's it. You know, it's really, really a blessing. It's just where God is on Monday night. Yeah. That's great. It's
3: like, I mean, it just, for us, at least that we feel Okay, just honestly, how many of you
0: had a bad Monday this past week and you needed God? You should
3: come out to the kitchen.
0: I think we know where you should have been. All right.
3: What's neat about, you know, we we don't, we feed them, but then they encourage the volunteers, get some food, sit down and talk to people. Mm -hmm. So when you have a minute, you grab some food and you sit down at a table and just chat. And you just let them know, this is a big potluck. We're glad you're here. It's fun. It's not like, you know, you're poor and we're helping you. It's just we're all part of the community, whether you're a guest or whether you're a volunteer. It's it's pretty awesome.
0: And it changes your heart when you give like that, right? It just alters you. I, I sometimes think, you know, we go up, in, and out at Parker Ford Church, right? Everybody knows that line. But the in, I'm not sure the in ever happens the way it's supposed to without giving of yourself that way. I think it requires that we give something of ourselves in, in one of these ministries or another like it. Yeah. So, Okay. What's the biggest need that our city faces right now? I would say
1: um, there are so many needs in Pottstown, and we can point you to lots of physical things, but the greatest need our city has is the need for a Savior, for people to personally come to know who our Lord Jesus is, and not only to know who he is, but to have him dwell in them and to really live out um, a life of faith. And coupled with that is um, as believers, we need to be praying both individually and collectively for people to come to know him and to walk with him and to grow in him.
2: Yeah. I think um, we've seen some of that start to come to fruition in, uh for unity with the churches uniting together and, and all of that. Um, and I tell totally, you, I think a savior is huge. Um, I want to share a story with um, you all. And it starts with a quote. And the quote is by Frederick Faust. And it says There's a giant asleep within every man. And when that giant awakes, miracles happen. There was a girl, she was hopeless. A drug addict by 14, dropped out of school at 16. She was lonely and insecure. At 18, she fell deeper into despair. She felt ugly, unlovable. She couldn't see through the cloud in her head to even see a future. She was hopeless. Oh, so hopeless. She was sick and angry. When she was 20, things changed. She met a woman who took her to church. Her name was Kathy. Kathy mentored her, told her she had hope. She uh, told her to look at her future, and she shared Jeremiah 29 11 with her. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. To just reiterate that quote and to think about the story I just said, is there's a giant asleep within every man, and when that giant awakes, Miracles happen. I'm that little girl in the story. I know what it feels like to be hopeless. I know what it feels like to not have a savior. And that's what those in Pottstown and all of us need is a savior. Is for them to have hope and for us to share that with them. The impact we can make on our community as a church, unified together, praying for God's presence to be felt by all that live in Pottstown, just think the change that could happen there. And it's already happened. It's Mm -hmm. exciting. Mm
0: -hmm. Thanks, Lisa.
3: Yeah, that that really covers it. (laughs) I mean, I just see the change. If you just treat people like they are actual valuable people, they might smell, they might be dirty, but you give them a hug anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all you have to do sometimes.
0: You know, sometimes when Tim and I are talking, we talk about God saving and God creating. There's two things that God does, and if you take everything that God has ever done, they fit within those two categories. He either is creating and working to make things be what they're supposed to be, or he's saving things from being what they would be because of sin and brokenness and all of that, and one of the things I think that these ministries do is it restores the dignity of human beings, human life, right? God said he, he created us in his image, and so the, that creation is honored when we step across and, and care for people. And do it personally. This is a personal thing. I, I don't know if you can see Jerry and Lisa and Wendy's eyes, but if you're up this close, like, you can see the pain because this is actual human life that, that's been broken in the middle of this city, and lots of sin and hurt has gone into that. All right, last question, um, and then we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to join me in praying for these three ladies. Uh, and here's the, here's the thing. I, I would like to ask what your most difficult challenges with your ministries or with your lives right now that we can pray for, something specific that we can lift up this morning.
2: Um, I would say probably one of the hardest things um, being in ministry and, and uh, trying to lead and love the Lord and, and be all of those things encompassed. Um, I think the hardest thing is thinking about my family um, and knowing how hard it is sometimes to minister and to love those around you and to pour out God's heart over and over again and wanting to protect your family and wanting them to know the Lord. I think is the one of my biggest concerns and struggles is, is knowing and wanting them to live a life for God so um, I think that for me just praying for my family and protection over them as um, we love the people of Town and minister to them
0: one of the things we've talked about in our prayer group and Wendy and Lisa and I and Elsie and Rick Nauer and Sherry Fazekas and a bunch of others get together every other Monday we'll be praying to Tomorrow at Operation Backpack at 1.30 at the prayer room. So uh, one of the things we talk about is how when you work in the city, it's like your family gets in a tough spot. And I know talking with you both, there's been moments of that difficulty. So praying for the families of those who minister is a big deal. Wendy, how can we pray for you?
1: Um, I am responsible 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I can get calls time, day or night, and I do. So um, having that for the long haul, it, there's an exhaustion that goes along with that. And so I would ask for prayer that um, I would have wisdom and um, that when I get those calls that I'm with it <laughs> and um, can answer whatever the problem, the issue is in a wise way. Um, but again, like with Lisa, it, it is a huge toll on our families too. Um, thank you,
0: Jerry. How can we pray for God's Kitchen?
3: Um, well, there's a, there's just so many needs when we see these people come through the door, and um, we give them food and we give them clothes, but they need more than that, and they need one-on-one relationships. And I I like to pray for the volunteers to be built up, to feel comfortable to share, to feel comfortable to get to know people in the church in the um, church. I don't know. God's kitchen. Well, you can call it a church. That's <laughs> God, okay. We'll my live other with that. church. No. It's where God is. Yeah, so, it's where God know. is. He, yeah, he's nowhere true. else. But um, yeah, he's he's wonderful. Um, but just, just to build up, g- give us resources like and counseling. We want to be able to offer counseling and real we'll send them to the cluster or what. You know, I, I I'm, it's on my heart. I'm not quite sure what God wants us to do or how to do it. But we need God to help us reach out in counseling and supporting these people in a deeper way. You know, and let them know who Christ is through everything. But sometimes they just need tangible help. They need they okay. need counseling because we have people with mental issues and so forth. So mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but as a sometimes I've just been caught off guard because I I had one guy in my face and I didn't quite know how to deal with it. I just prayed. I'm like, Lord, what do I say? I don't know how to deal with this guy. He's yelling at me, and he wasn't mad at me, it's just the way he talks apparently. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned how. I, I'm learning how to deal with it better. <laughs> but um, just to build up the volunteers so they're comfortable with it because they're just going to be blessed yeah
0: amen amen all right so i'm going to invite what i would like to do is i'm going to invite you to stand so we take some step to pray as a church so um we are a local church and the church exists where god is working but i want to ask that you'd stand and, and pray for these people michael flora will you come up here and pray for them I just feel like Michael should do this. That means I'm going to have to steal your mic, Jerry, because she's going to need one. So can you stand? And we're just going to pray, closing this time. And then they're going to find their seats after we get done <laughs> praying. <laughs> can you just lead us, and then I'll close. Mm-hmm. All right.
4: God, I just pray a blessing over each of the ladies that um, is sitting here this morning. God, I thank you for their obedience. I thank you for all of the people that they represent, all the people that serve underneath them in the different ministries, Lord. God, I just, um, I want to pray that you would call the church in this community to step out of our buildings and our comfy chairs and call us into the community, God, um, Lord, I just pray that you would put it on everyone's heart to give and to sacrifice and to serve in the way that you've called us to, God. Lord Jesus, when you were here, um, you washed your disciples' feet as an act of service, and that's what you've called us to do. You went into the places where it wasn't easy to go, and you hung out with the people that it wasn't, it wasn't easy to hang out with, or they weren't popular, they weren't... Um, the people that were desirable in society, but that's the people that you chose, that's the people that you went to, and those are the people that you've called us to go to as well, Lord. So, God, I just pray wisdom over um, all of the ministries, uh, volunteers, the leadership, Lord. Give everyone, Lord, the words to say, the acts of service that you have called each individual to, Lord. God, I just pray a special grace and um wisdom and favor over each calling that's represented here today, whether it's um, from up front, up here, or, um, Lord, I just believe that you're speaking to people in their seats right now, that um, you're laying it on people's hearts exactly where they are supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. So I pray grace, protection, wisdom, God, and boldness, um, boldness to go forward and do that which you have called us to do, Lord. Help us, God, equip us. I know that you have because you have promised it in your word. And we just look forward to the day when we can fully display your glory to the powers that have been in this land. Um, We just just, um, look forward to shining forth your glory in this place, God. We ask you for redemption and a new day and revolution, God, in the name of Jesus.
0: Father God, thank you for these three women. Thank you for the gift they are to us as a community, Lord. They are not somehow set apart from the church. They're part of the regional church, and they exist within... Um, bodies of their own little local churches, and yet they exist within uh, the broader region as well. And so we ask that you would put just an amazing set of of protections around their families, Lord God, as they serve you, Lord, and that you would lead them and that you would guide them. I pray for Jerry's prayer request, just about the volunteers, that there would be this connection between the, the impoverished folks of our region and the church because that's something that it's, it's hard for us to get across that line sometimes when we are, are in a place like this, and yet it changes our heart, and it helps us to see... Uh, how we need to echo your amazing love for people, Lord God. When we when we step across that line, we reveal you in a way that's really unique. And God, that means a whole lot more than money. That means personal relationships. And I think of Lisa just sharing about Kathy, who impacted her life, this mentor for her, somebody who stepped in and said, "I'm going to take this young lady under my uh, under my my wing and just bless her, Lord God." And thank you for that woman, Lord. We pray for people like that across this region to step up, people who can mentor another person, who can get involved in a relationship that's positive lord bless lisa and her family and bless wendy and her family and we pray for the salvation army that the 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 salvation work of jesus christ would flood through these ministries and that people would know that they are loved of their god one of the greatest lies of our era is that we are somehow unattached disconnected from the love of our god so we ask this in the name of jesus that you would just birth your amazing salvation message through these ministries thank you for them thank you for the grace that you've given them so far and we pray that you'd bless them as they go. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give them a hand as they find their seats? Thank you. So you can have a seat. Now we begin the message this morning. Amen. Just kidding. Just kidding. Void, you're ready. All right. I do want to share just a scripture about this. And the, I, I want you to hear This is the church, and this is the manifold wisdom of God flooding through the church and showing himself. These are representatives of God. Sometimes we think of them as servants, and we think of ourselves as servants, but that doesn't work if we don't understand ourselves to be representatives of God's light in this world, right? And... It can't be done one person or two people or even one church or two churches. It has to be done with the amazing regional church and the worldwide church, I believe, working to share the light of God in the way that we're called. And then the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places will take note. Just catch this piece of scripture. This is from Ephesians 6. Later on in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. If you haven't read the book of Ephesians and understood it to be a book about spiritual warfare, you're missing something about it. And what's interesting is the primary way spiritual warfare is fought is people living lives under God as the spirit leads them to do in service to Christ. That's what it means. And the book of Ephesians lays that out, talks about unity and all these different things. And then it says, because you're called to be the manifold wisdom that the powers of this era see the powers of that are that darkness, that world around us that sees these things and doesn't enjoy it, doesn't love it. So, we wrestle not against fresh and flesh and blood, and these people are involved in wrestling, and every one of us is called to that battle. One more scripture. This one comes from Romans. You can see I'm fast-forwarding a few things along the way. These, I, I wanted you to hear these ladies more than I wanted you to hear me, but I filled in a few gaps if I needed to. And the, scripture, the message could have gone longer, but it won't this morning. This is from Romans 10. How then will they call on him? in whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I believe that when God pours his manifold wisdom through the through the church, it is him preaching to the world, right? This is how he preaches. And we need to send people into, that, into those places where there needs to be a light in the darkness. So how will they will call on him and whom they have not believed it's because people are being sent and so you're a part of that this morning. We're going to close our service in just a moment Corey and the team's going to come up and lead us in worship. But here's how we're going to end the service. The deacons have asked and this was not my idea, okay? I just want you to hear that the deacons of our church kind of oversee the 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 missions focus and they said the Salvation Army shelter in potstown being the only shelter actually has a huge need right now. Their bathrooms got so bad, and it's really the pipes, right? There's, there's a problem with that old building, and they're having to remediate the pipes. So we're actually taking a second offering this morning. If you would like to participate, as you leave the, the auditorium, there will be an offering plate where you can drop a check or some cash and make the checks out to Parker Ford Church. But the money all goes to the Salvation Army this morning to remediate the bathrooms at the shelter. They Literally, there is a possibility of the shelter being shut down and it may not have existed. And again, that's the only year-round shelter in Pottstown, and there's between 70 and 80 people that are homeless in the city at any given moment. So uh, if you want to contribute to that, we would ask you to. Our deacons have asked that Parker Ford Church consider this, and it's a partner ministry of ours, so that's one way you can can take action. Another way is to get involved. You heard Lisa say that Operation Backpack Summer Style needs volunteers. That's Thursday nights, and it's a ton of fun. I've done that for a few years. Salvation Army has some needs that are real significant as far as staffing and of course God's kitchen I mean you just show up and you get put to work right yeah it'll just happen so if you want to be at Coventry Christian School on a Monday night God's there already you're missing him wherever you are you should be there all right. I'm going to pray, and then the praise team's going to lead us in a final song. God, we bless your name. We honor you. Thank you for these ladies who have given of themselves, Lord, and we ask that you would just bless them. Lord, we ask that you would help us as a church to understand our call, Lord, that we would see ourselves as the body of Christ, and that that is not something where we get to look in here, and we get kind of focused inside, but rather, we're supposed to be involved so much in mission that our heart goes with you where your heart already is. God, you are working on the streets of Pottstown, and we need that frankly we need that supernatural sense of what you're doing because we get kind of we get kind of stuck in the church and so lord we would ask that you'd help us to focus outward and to think beyond ourselves and to realize that we are a part of an amazing amount of power that you're pouring into our region through the church. It's just not one church, and so we have to see it where it's happening. Thank you, God, for Operation Backpack, for the Salvation Army, and thank you, God, for God's Kitchen, among so many other ministries that could have been represented today. We love you, and we thank you for what you're doing in the church. In Jesus' name, amen.